Happy New Year. Welcome to Drop Bar Texas, a cycling podcast about riding and racing in Texas. It's 2021, a new year, and a new season. That's right, not just the road season or cycling season, it's the start of season three of Drop Bar Texas. In fact, this is my 50th episode, if you believe it or not. Thank you all for continuing to listen for that long. Ultimately, this has been an outlet for me to talk about cycling to other people that also love cycling while sparing my non-cyclist friends from my cycling stories. Since the beginning of the podcast, I think conversations have gotten better and better. I do hope I'm adding something to our community, and I really enjoy speaking to different people doing great things for cycling in Texas. Looking ahead this year, I of course hope to keep doing these things uh, by highlighting events, speaking to promoters, and having conversations with various participants. I'd also like to talk to you about your clubs. Let's highlight some clubs in Texas this year. And finally, I'm trying to get my buddy Dan to come back to review some more cycling movies. That was a lot of fun. I love movies and I love bikes. Now, usually around this time of year, cyclists with a focus on road racing are getting ready to begin the new road season. And while it appears some clubs are still having training camps, cutting the holiday weight, and getting some spirited tempo rides in, the Texas road season itself appears to be in question. Today, I'm sharing a conversation with Michael Gacky, Texbra member at large for North Texas, and we talk about the state of the Texas Bicycle Racing Association. I appreciate you joining me, Michael. Uh, how's it? How's it been going? It's uh, man, it's it's been a hell of a year. Um, you know, not only for myself, but I'm sure for everybody else. Um, I uh, I've been I worked for the same company for ten years, mm-hmm. and um, late and mid last year, May, April, late April, early May, um, I work in the bicycle industry. Um, I was a manager of Bicycles Plus uh, in Capel. It's a four-store operation in Dallas. Uh, I was a manager of the Capel location. And in uh, May of last year, we were told we were being purchased by Trek. Um, Which, you know, Trek's a great company. They make Mm -hmm. great products. Um, I've had their bikes. I've raced their bikes. Uh, Many, many members of the Windsor team uh, are still on their bikes and racing their bikes. Um, it is a very corporate um, structure and very, very rigid, very, 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 uh, very corporate. I guess is the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. And after doing a little bit of research online, um, you know, it became very evident to me that if you're over fifty, if you have gray hair and you have an opinion and you're not afraid to voice that opinion, it's probably not the right company for you. Um, so I, you know, I was, I was offered a job, uh, with Trek, um, and, you know, had a, had a very tough decision to make, um, you know, and, and ended up switching companies. Um, and, uh, I'm now working for bicycle or for uh, play try. Um, which is a 16 store operation around the United mm-hmm. States at this point. Um, and I'm a manager within the company and, um, you know, it's, 
we're authorized for 19 brands of bikes and one of the largest Pinarello dealers in the country. And, and I like selling really nice high end stuff. Um, so that was, that was where it, um, you know, it, it was, it was very appealing to me, um, was the fact that, you know, I got to work with companies that I love like Pinarello and Envy and, and Zip and Wahoo. And I wasn't going to be kind of just, you know, boxed in with Bontrager and Trek. Yeah. So, you know, but there was a lot of stress with that. I mean, you know, I went from being kind of the center of the universe to, you know, another guy um, in part of this, you know, bigger picture, bigger machine type thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's been a bit of an adjustment, um, you know, obviously on the racing side, on the cycling side, personally, um, you know, I like, I've been, this will be my 38th year with a racing license. Um, and Did you say 38th? Yeah. 38th. So oh, wow. Been, okay. I've been racing 38 years. I, yeah, I'm, I'm old. I'm 54. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, so um, you've been through like the, what is, what was it before the USCF US USCF, right? US yeah. cycling yeah. federation. I guess. US, the United States cycling federation. Yeah. The USCF. And, um, when I started racing, the year I started racing, um, I believe was the first year they made hard shell helmets mandatory, um, oh, wow. for, for the, if you were a cat one, if you were a pro or a cat one, you were able to wear the little leather hairnet that, mm-hmm. you know, you saw guys wearing, you know, into the eighties and the nineties in Europe. But in the United States, um, if, if you were cat three or cat four, there was no cat five at that time. Cat five didn't mm-hmm. come around until I think 90 or 91. But at that point, um, you know, you had to wear a hard shell helmet and, and they were ugly and they were hot and they were heavy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was that, and, you know, I started racing, it was down tube shifters and, you know, friction, uh, six speed cogs and, uh, you know, bikes were 12 speeds and, um, it's been, uh, it's been quite a, it's been quite a long, long time, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there was no racing last year. You know, I, I paid my $85 to USA cycling and I think, um, I figured I did an hour and 45 minutes of racing last year, you know, so wow. it was, it was, it was tough. And, um, I had founded, I founded um, what is now the Windsor Door team, the Windsor Door Masters team. I founded that 10 years ago. Um, at that time, it was the Fiat Masters team. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, I'm, you know, very, very, still very proud of that. It was, um, you know, I founded it with uh, another guy, Todd LaFleur. It's 16, 16 Masters, 40 and 50 plus. Um, you know, we're entering our 10th year. We were the pundits uh, <laughs> all said it wouldn't last six months. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we've, we've kept every sponsor. Um, we've, we have not burned through very, very many riders. Um, I think, you know, a total in 10 years, I think six guys have left the team. And of those six guys, I think only one or two of them are still racing. <laughs> so it was like guys that left the team. They, you know, they, they went to go do other things. They stopped racing bikes. So, you know, it's, um, it's been good. Um, but you know, like I said, last year was, you know, just, just, just kind of a, just kind of a crap year and, you know, not really, I, 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 
for the first time, I didn't ride 10,000 miles. Um, you know, it was, I, I just, I, I got off the bike. I got so busy at work with the pandemic, you know, all bike shops were considered essential businesses and mm -hmm. in our, in our, in our, the number and the amount of work I was doing was just, I mean, I was going to work for like 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week. And, and at the time I had a bike that a bicycle that, you know, I really wasn't very crazy about. It was a bike that, you know, the company had given to me and they were like, here, Mike, ride this bike. We want you to ride this bike and promote this bike this year. And, you know, I, I rode it and, and I just, it was just kind of, eh, I just wasn't into it. Um, so I got off the bike completely in April and pretty much didn't ride all of April or May. And, um, you know, then in, um, you know, late, late May, early June, just decided to, I was going to buy my own bike and yeah. uh, bought myself what I wanted, bought myself what I loved and um, got back on the bike and, you know, here we are. Wow. So, um, was the, was the, uh, pandemic a little, or I mean, it's the shutdown a little different. I wonder if it's, if it was different in Dallas because you're in the Dallas area, right? So, yeah, yeah. um, wonder if it was different up there than, than here in Harris County. So, you know, I mean, my understanding was Harris County was hit pretty hard and yeah. I, um, I live, so I live in Collin County, um, mm -hmm. which is, I think right now, I think I looked at it yesterday. It's like number seven or number eight County for, you know, COVID cases since the pandemic started, mm -hmm. but I work and I worked last year in Dallas County, okay. Dallas, Dallas County and Harris County are always one, two. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, uh, we have a judge up here, um, who, you know, took governor Abbott's mandate and, took it further. And, you know, I, I don't know about Harris County, but in Dallas County, and it has been since day one, masks are mandatory. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I worked in Capel last year, you know, masks were mandatory. Um, and, you know, not that I ever heard of any instances of this, but, you know, it was, it was within their right um, for the police to walk into your store. And, you know, if you were the manager of a store and, or you're the owner of a shop or you're the owner of a business and people were walking around without masks, they could, you know, write you tickets. Um, mm -hmm. and it was, you know, I heard anywhere from 250 to $400 oh, wow. per person. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that was a level of stress. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was dealing with that. It was dealing with, you know, people who, you know, for whatever reason, didn't want to acknowledge the, the, the seriousness of, of, you know, the situation with the virus. Um, you know, you know, please, sir, can you put a mask on? Can you put a mask on? Can you put, I, I don't believe in that. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> go stand outside, you know, we'll come out there and wait on you out there. I mean, it was, right. you know, and, and it evolved. I mean, we started with, you know, I wasn't letting anyone in the store and I had a line, I had a line, we would open at 10 in the morning, we would close at seven. I would have a line of 30 to 50 people outside my store for nine hours. Oh, wow. Um, and myself and my staff were running back and forth and we mm -hmm. were doing as much as we could as quickly as we could, but you know, and then it started getting hot. Um, and you know, I talked to our owner at that time and you know, we, we came up with the idea that, you know, we would have like, like rope, we'd have an area that was roped off, but inside the store, 
Mm-hmm. So we were fortunate that we had two doors. So you would come in one door and there would be this, this roped off kind of corral. And I had, you know, dots on the floor spaced out six feet. Um, so people could stand inside in the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have to stand outside in hundred degree heat. Um, and, you know, and, and, and we did that up until, you know, October 22nd when we closed the store and truck took over the next day. Oh, but wow. it was, um, yeah, it was, I've been involved in retail my entire adult life in in one form or fashion. And it was just the most miserable, you know, eight months of of my absolute life. And, um, you know, I've I've said this before, I'll say it again, you know, the the virus, it has brought out the very best of people and it's absolutely brought out the worst of people. And, um, you know, you, you see it every day up here. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that's that's tough, especially you know. I mean, there's there's the health toll uh, that's taken on the public, but um, yeah, it's like I mean, even when when it all started, like with you, know, I wasn't sure. You know, it was like I was like, well, I could you know I could still ride here and there, and I was you know keeping uh, there was like a small, very small social bubble group that that you know I would occasionally ride with um there at the beginning but it's you know it's and now we have three kids too so that's kind of gotten in the it's like the the uh, uh cycling has kind of dropped off here in in the last couple of months but um but but prior to that it was like you know it's still doing some riding but i imagine like you know for those running businesses it's like you know regardless of the the politics and uh and and whether people believed it, it, it was real. I mean, and I've come to find, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very real. You know, I mean, uh, my son had it, uh, at one point and, um, others I know have had it and, um, yeah, I know people, you know, people I know have lost loved ones from it. And, but, you know, for those running a business though, too, it's like, you're running a business and regardless of somebody's, personal politics or belief in, in, in it or not. It's like, you know, don't come in affecting my business, you know? And I, you know, I, so when I got involved in the sport of cycling a million years ago, I, um, I was fortunate enough to meet a gentleman in Brooklyn, New York, um, named Norm Banks. And he, he was a coach and he was, he was really, um, he was my second coach. Um, and one of the things that he said to me is he goes, you know, Mike, he goes, we take and we take and we take and we take. And he goes, at some point you have to give back to this sport. He goes, whether it's, you know, through volunteerism or, you know, uh, providing some type of financial assistance to people who want to be involved in the sport, but can't afford it, whatever it is, you have to give back. So, you know, two years ago, um, you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, man, I'm, you know, I'm in my early fifties now and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not doing pro one, two races and I don't want to be involved in that. And I don't, you know, I, I don't want to line up against some 20 year old who's, you know, trying to, you know, shoot for a pro contract and is bulletproof and they don't care. I don't bounce as well as I used to. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll, you know, get involved in the club level and I'll get involved with Texpra. And so I, I ran, there's a, 
very, very large bike club up here, uh, over a thousand members called PBA, Plano Bicycle Association. Mm -hmm. So um, they had a, a spot on their executive board um, for a position called ride coordinator. And I thought, hey, ride coordinator, that's good, man. I know a lot of good roads up here. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be the ride coordinator. So I ran and I won. And God, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> you know, it was like, and then, um, you know, the pandemic, the virus hit. And, you know, this is a club that on any given Saturday, they meet at a parking lot of a, of a shopping center in Plano, Texas. And there's three to 500 people in the parking lot. And they have 20 to 25 different rides, different paces, different distances, you know, anywhere from 10 to 25 people go out on these rides. And I was all, I was responsible for all that. And, and I was responsible for, you know, everything that was going on with them and the routes they were doing and everything. And, and we shut the, we had to shut the club down. Um, because again, there was, you know, gatherings were not to be of, of more than I think five or six people in that point. And, um, it just, um, again, getting back to the best of people, the worst of people, um, yeah. I mean, that, you know, it's like, look, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's a bike ride. You know, you can still go out and ride your bike. You can still go out with one or two of your trusted friends. Just don't go out with 20, right. you know, and, and it was, it, it, I mean, just common sense, you know, mm -hmm. and God, man, it was, it was just, you know, the, the beating that we took, you know, not only in social media, but, you know, it's like, look, I'm not trying to prevent you from having fun and enjoying your life. I'm just trying, you know, let's be safe. Let's be smart. Right. You know? And, and, you know, everybody was a, you know, an infectious disease expert and, you know, everybody had ideas and, you know, bike riding safe and nobody blows their nose on a bike ride. Nobody coughs or spits on a bike ride. So yeah, there's nothing to worry about. You know, it was just, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was just a lot of stress, you know, and then, um, and then, which is, you know, what we came to talk about today, there's the Texper thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, let's, let's talk about Texper because I, you know, so, um, so you, I know, I know you, you've been involved with, with Windsor Door Racing because I, you know, I saw you guys all over the results when I uh, started doing this podcast last year and I started looking at results. I was like, oh, you know, that was one of the teams that I would always see uh, all over the place there. And, um, got a pretty good team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, so, you know, I, I, I would see that. And I remember there was a call, I guess, um, uh, probably, probably about two years ago or, you know, or so. And for, for people to get involved, you know, I remember, and you know, this would back when we had a forum, uh, an online forum board, right, um, right, right, right. you remember there, you know, there was a call more people to get involved because there, there's always people complaining on the forum about this or that. And it was like, okay, well, you know, um, and so you, you ran for board, um, and, and were elected. That was what, 2018? 2018. Yeah. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. And it was, it was mid 2018. Cause I was, um, I was training for Leadville. Um, and you know, I was, I was kind of, all focused and all consumed with Leadville. And, and I got back from Leadville um, after successfully completing it. And there was a, 
there was a board, our, our first formal meeting that we had was in Austin. And I remember mm-hmm. a week or two later, I was, you know, I was in the car with my Leadville t-shirt on driving to Austin to, uh, to God, man, I think like the, the home offices of bicycle sports shop or something. It was like some, some, one of the bike companies, one of the, one of the stores, like they had mm-hmm. a, they had like a formal office and, and they had this little boardroom in their office. And on a Saturday we went in there and, and sat in there for, I don't know, eight hours and, you know, hashed out how we were going to launch Texpra or what we thought we were going to do with Texpra. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was 2018. That's correct. <clears throat> okay. Um, so yeah, so I I was going back through just some old uh, uh, Facebook messages and, and this and that of, of people running and and uh, I know it, I mean from what I could see it was the the new uh, the new board at that point was it, it was run on it seemed like a big focus was you know bringing transparency back to Texbrock because I you know I mean I've been I've been racing, not 38 years. I've been racing for, for what, 12 years uh, now. Um, you know, joke that I'm a professional four at this point. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, but yeah, I've been racing for 12 years and, and, and enjoy it. You know I mean? Uh, and, and text bra this whole time that I've been racing has been the, the central uh racing association at least for road and cyclocross and uh track uh, here in texas um then you have timbra you know for mountain biking um and to my knowledge now there's there's not really a central organization just yet for gravel uh i think there's some some people that are trying to form one um but but texas was you know was central there has been central to that and uh, so what, I mean, what was your role in Texpra as a, as a at-large board member? And, and then what, what purpose did, did you guys see Texpra serving the cycling community? So my role I had, you know, I played two roles. I mean, obviously I was a racer and, you know, moved to Texas from New York in 2004 and, you know, was really, um, kind of kind of impressed with the fact you know in 2004 2005 that you know there was this very formal you know governing body separate from from usa cycling um that was that was running and governing racing in texas and in organizing and formalizing racing in texas um you know races i mean man when i got here um you know there were races every single weekend from March to July. And then, you know, there was like a three or four week period where there was nothing. And then hotter than hell picked up. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, from hotter than hell for about another month, month and a half, there were again, races every single weekend. But I mean, there, there are so many races that are gone. Um, you know, uh, but you know, 2004, 2005, 2006, there were stage races, there were one day road races, there were crits, there were crits in Austin on the weekends. Uh, you know, there were, uh, tour Columbus was this, you know, wonderful stage race. Um, you know, you know, 
single day road races. Um, so, you know, as, as a racer, um, that was, that was one role. And then second role was I was the member at large for North, uh, for the North kind of part of Texas, this part of Texas. And, um, you know, it was presented to me that I would be, um, a, a voting member, uh, with, with a voice, um, you know, one of seven or eight people. And, you know, we would make decisions and we would do things to further um, take Texas or take take bike racing in Texas and grow it and, and, and make it even better than it was. Um, and, you know, you, you touched on the transparency. Um, you know, that was that was something that, you know, I've kind of always prided myself on personally was that, you know, anyone who's ever come in contact with me or dealt with me on any level, whether it was, you know, in business, uh, in racing, uh, in, in just real life, you know, they will tell you, man, I am I am I am blunt and I am brutally honest. And, um, you know, that is that's always something that, um, you know, I've always prided myself on. And, and, and not that I thought that there was, you know, any kind of deception or shadiness mm -hmm. in, in Texas racing or in Texpo beforehand. But, you know, I just, I wanted to take it and I was like, look, you know, here's what we're doing and, and let's put it out there to, you know, the public and, and, and let everybody know, you know, exactly what we were, we were doing move for move. Um, you know, as it turned out, things, things got a little different. Yeah. So, and, and um, I, I realized like when I was speaking or talking about your, your role as a board member, I, kept using the word the, the word had <laughs> and um yeah as, as in past tense because you know yeah I'm, I'm not sure um how long uh the post lasts but um but in my understanding uh in reaching out to to different um people that uh it, it seems Texpro is dissolved um you know on, on one you know, you know, one, one person I reached out to, you know, clarified that it, that it didn't dissolve, that I guess funding stopped from USA cycling. So, so I guess, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, is, is it dissolved or what, what's the status of TechSpro now? I mean, it, it's been largely silent since, I don't know, I think the last post on Facebook was back in March or no, maybe, I think there was a post in May when racing was possibly going to resume yeah. uh and it was you know it was just you know that there were some details that were going to come and then there were, and then nothing ever uh came out from that uh came out after that and you know i know there's updates that happen on the calendar because i see some things that are popping up on the google calendar here and there but as far as like announcements go from text it seems like the the page is silent the the forum was taken down a long time ago um and um, so I guess I'm just curious, you know, what, what's the status of TechSpro now? That is, that's a million dollar question. Um, you know, TechSpro for all intents and purposes is, has been dissolved. Um, TechSpro, TechSpro in its, in its previous form is, is primarily, for lack of a better term, it's dead. Um, my understanding and my understanding is that we were in violation of 
our agreement with USA Cycling. Um, and there were, I've got to be relatively careful how I word this. Um, there were decisions that were made that were not board decisions, but individual decisions that angered a number of prominent people in Texas that they complained to USA Cycling. And enough noise was made that people within USA Cycling, important people, started really, really looking into what was going on. And they did not like what they saw. And in, in that, at that instance, um, they made the decision to really pull the plug uh, on Texpra. Um, the Texpra site itself, the, you know, getting rid of the forum, um, there was, there was a lot of debate about that. Um, you know, it wasn't that used. It, it wasn't like 10 years ago, that was the center of communication. Mm -hmm for everything in Texpra, Texpra.org. You went on there, got on the forums and, you know, man, hey, this guy caused this crash. And then, you know, there'd be three days of discussion. You know, hey, this person had purple shoes on during the race and there'd be three days of discussion. But on the other side of the coin, you know, there was, there was as much as there was the, you know, the the backbiting and the negativity and the, and the gossiping and, you know, there was also a lot of good, it was a good flow of information around the state of Texas. And, you know, um, at, at one point, it just got very, very, very negative. And, you know, the, the reason, as I spoke before, why I joined Texas was, joined Texpro was I wanted to, I wanted to grow the sport and I wanted to create a, a, an environment of transparency um, within the racing community. And as we got deeper and deeper and deeper into it, you know, the transparency was not there and people are not stupid and people know, you know, kind of when they're being BS and they know when they're being, they're not, when people are not being straight up with them or not being forthright with them and the negativity on the forum directed at the board um, just grew and grew and grew and grew until a decision was made to just pull the forum. And, and I really think that, you know, when they did do that, when they pulled the forum, you know, that was as much, as much, as much negativity as it brought, it also was, was an essential lifeline. Um, you know, as, as, as popular as Facebook is, the, the Textbook Facebook page was never anywhere near the level of what it was, you know, in, in the forum in terms of the amount of traffic it received and the amount of posts it received. And I think one reason for that is, you know, on Textbra, you have to show, or excuse me, on Facebook, you have to show your name. Right. You know, on Textbra, you, you could be anonymous. You could, you know, you mm -hmm. could, you could be an anonymous troll and say, Hey, this guy had purple shoes on, you know, and, and what a goofball, you know, Hey, this guy can't ride a straight line and, you know, was all over the road. But, um, you know, um, I, I think that, you know, that was, that was, that was definitely, a misstep um, was pulling the forum. Um, 
you know, the other thing also was um, the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, um, you know, USA Cycling kind of they furloughed um, everybody, you know, that worked for them. Um, mm. And our, our area rep, for lack of a better term, um, he got furloughed. And, you know, I mean, these are human beings. These are adults, man. They, you know, they have lives to lead. They have bills to pay. And, and the guy just, you know, I, I think he went and got a real estate license and, you know, just was like, I'm done with cycling. And, um, you know, and, and, and that, that in itself played a, played a role, you know, is that, you know, when, when, when USAC started looking at Texpra and, and, you know, the fact and started you know, fielding all these complaints and, and, and really, really started looking into things. Um, we didn't have a voice, you know, we didn't have a, a local, uh, a local rep to, you know, to say, Hey, you know, these, yeah, man, there's some missteps here, but these guys are doing a great job. You know, we, we didn't have any representation. So um, I, I, you know, not that I blame him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, it, it definitely, it definitely was, was one of the, it was definitely one of the things that, that, you know, caused the demise um, of the organization. So, so would you, so would you characterize it as, I mean, right now it's kind of a, I know you said dead, um, but it's, is it like in some type of limbo state? I mean, where, where it's, or it's just, pretty much done at this point. Yeah. I mean, my understanding is, you know, and this is conversations I've had with Andy Hollinger, um, a former textbook president and, and the promoter of the, uh, the Fort Hood challenge. <sighs> Text was dead. Um, yeah. It's completely dead. And until someone launches Textbra 2.0. Um, <laughs> I hate I hate that, but I mean yeah. 2.0. I mean until someone launches um, a new level form of of, of an organization, mm-hmm. um, you know what we all knew as Textbra is is, is essentially gone. Um, so <sighs> again, going back to something we talked about earlier, you know, in the in the vein of giving back to the sport. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, I have been wrestling with, um, for the past couple of, couple of months. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I have the time. Um, I, I may make the time I may figure it out. I definitely want to, you know, get Andy involved. Um, but you know, it's, I don't know when we're going to race. I don't know if we're going to race. I think it's incredibly irresponsible to race right now. Um, I think the fact that there are races on the calendar that are about to occur within six weeks are not the smart moves right now. Um, But that's me. You know, I mean, no one's got a gun to your head forcing you to get in a car and, you know, drive to the center of Texas and, you know, go stand around and do a crit in a road race or a time trial in a road race. Um, it just, for me right now, um, I just, I just think that, you know, the virus 
regardless of your politics on it, the virus is raging. And, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, for the foreseeable future, it's like, to me, if I were USA cycling and I, and I know they're hurting right now, I know they're hurting. I know they're hurting financially. I know they're hurting as an organization. Um, but to me, the smart move is shelve everything and just say, okay, you know, racing is suspended until May racing is suspended till June 1st, you know, hopefully by then, you know, warmer weather, the virus will run its course again, the numbers will come down, the, the, the vaccinations, the various vaccinations will be much more widely distributed. And we can start to think about bike racing, um, you know, and, you know, getting together at, at, you know, pace bend with, you know, five or 600 people in a very, very small little area. And not really having to worry about it and not having to, you know, trying to social distance. Uh, but, um, you know, I, various organizers are, are going ahead with their races. So, you know, good on them, man. I, I um, you know, everybody has a choice to make and, and, you know, whether that's, whether they're going to participate or, or stay safe and stay home. And, and, you know, for a while, I mean, I'm training, man, I'm training hard. You know, I, I, yeah. I didn't get to race last year. I, I definitely want to race this year. Um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to race. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, myself and the guys on my team, we're, we're, we, you know, we're training hard. We're doing our, our, our hard winter program. And, you know, I, I mean, we're all losing weight and, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to get slim and get fit, but I don't know when it's going to happen, you know, yeah. and, and, um, and, and I've kind of gone off on a tangent, but to bring it around, um, you know, getting back to Texbra, there's no calendar, you know, and, and, and that's, mm-hmm. the, there needs to be a central organization that, you know, various race promoters, you know, can, can turn to. And, and there's got to be, I think it's important that there's some uniformity, you know, across the board in, in, in terms of Texas racing, you know, and whether it's, I, I think the last couple of years, it got out of hand. Um, in terms of, you know, there was, there was, you know, women's 40 plus and, and, you know, cat three fours and 35 plus four fives. And I mean, there was just way too many categories and, and, um, you know, it, 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 it became just this all inclusive, you know, AYSO, everybody plays, everybody wins, you know, and <laughs> everybody gets to compete. And, um, I just think it can be, it can be brought down to, you know, a much simpler, you know, six to eight categories mm-hmm. um, and, and, and take really, you know, I, I have friends that are, that are race promoters, uh, Andrew Armstrong being one of them, um, you know, it, it, to, to put on at, at the time to put on a textbook race, you know, it was a tremendous burden because you had to offer so many categories and you had to offer you know, there were so many, there were so many rules and stipulations that you had to follow to offer a textbook race or a Texas cup race. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I, if I do bring it back or, you know, I talk to Andy and, and we, you know, we launch an organization to bring it back. I, I want it to be simple. I want it to be easy. I want it to be fun. Um, you know, I, I want to get back to, you know, the Texas cup and have it mean something. Um, you know, when I got here, man, you know, the, to, to win the Texas cup, you know, it, it meant something. It wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't, you know, the person who could take the most weekends off of work and, and, and had the car that was the most fuel efficient that could just drive all over to every single city and hit every race. It wasn't an attendance competition. It was, mm-hmm. it was, a you know, it was, it was something based on your performance. And I think that, you know, whether it's this year or next year, <clears throat> probably have to be next year, but, um, you know, instead of making it, you know, 25 races or 35 races, you know, you, you, you establish a calendar and within that calendar, you know, you, you take, you know, five to seven, you take seven to 10, you call those premier cup races. And, and those premier cup races are the point, the ones that you score points in. And, and that goes towards, you know, kind of an end of the year competition, um, which would be the Texas cup. Um, <clears throat> I think that, um, you know, there, there, there are tiny, you know, within various states around the United States, you know, we see factions of organizations that have broken away from USA Cycling. And they've broken away from USA Cycling because USA Cycling is expensive. USA Cycling is got a lot of rules. USA Cycling has a lot of mandates and USA Cycling costs a lot of money. Um, and, you know, I think that <clears throat> the last two years of Texpra, it, it got very, very similar to that. And, and I want to, I want to make things simpler. You know, I want it to be easier um, for people to race and I want it to be easier for, for promoters to put on a race. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it, so it, I mean, that now, I mean, I think it's, it's out there. Um, I don't, I don't know if I would call this, I don't know if this would clear be the, 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 the public announcement. Um, cause I, you know, I don't, I don't remember there ever being anything shared though elsewhere about the, um, about Texra's uh, dissolution or anything like that. Um, but you know, w- without Texpra, I mean, how do, how do people find out about races now? You know, um, or I mean, there's not, not, there's not much happening right now. It's, but, right. um, but I mean, when things start returning to normal, I'm, I'm thinking like, how do people find about, find out about racing in Texas? I guess it's just, you know, promoters got to really promote <laughs> hard in a different way, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, I, I, I mean, there is, there is still textbar.org. Um, mm-hmm. the website is still there. Um, there is a, there is a calendar. Um, you know, How do and, things uh, get posted to it. Cause I mean, I see things I popping up and so I'm yeah, like, I, I mean, there, there's a race, um, second week of February. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a two day stage race. Um, the Davy Crockett classic, which is, you know, a race I love. Um, I, I love it more when, when there's that really cool crit on Saturday, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's a race that, um, I love, um, you know, the Windsor guys, we love it. We've had, you know, tremendous success there the last two years and, uh, we won the stages, we've won the race, we won the overall, you know, we, we enjoy going mm-hmm. down there. Um, you know, that's, that's on, that's on this calendar. Uh, how it got on there, I have no idea. Um, I don't know if the former president of Texpra is still, you know, monitoring um, that website. Um, I, 
I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, kind of an answer to your question, how do they get the word of mouth? It's, it's gotta be, you know, going forward until there is, you know, some form of formal organization that is put back together, it's going to have to be guerrilla marketing. It's going to have mm-hmm. to be, you know, word of mouth. It's going to have to be Facebook. It's going to have to be, cause I mean, where the hell, you know, man, where do you, you know, yeah, it's, the, the information's all over the place. I mean, yeah. Were you going to take out an ad? Yeah. News? <laughs> I mean, I, I, but, you know, just, you know, I'm thinking, you know, just on, uh, what is it? Uh, I mean, Facebook, it's like, a, I'll, I'll search gravel races, gravel races, Texas, road races, you know, what it rate, you know, cycling, Texas, um, you know, that's just Facebook. And then, you know, I know like the, um, oh, what's the group that I use? Um, the, the wheelman, I think Texas, I think it's the Texas wheelman, if I remember right. Um, they've got a really comprehensive website of, of you know, not just races, but rallies and, 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 um, uh, you know, the, the, the t-shirt rides and everything that, that, that are on there. And, um, so, you know, I'll, I'll peruse that, you know, but, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of pieced together all over the place right now. And, um, you know, so it, it is a, a little hard. I mean, at least if you're looking for, you know, road, cyclocross and track, it, it's, it's a bit harder now <laughs> to find that. Uh, I think, you know, it seems gra- uh, gravel has some good like grassroots um, groups that, to, that are getting word, word out and what have you. Tim Bra still has, has its organization. So if you need, you know, if you're looking for mountain biking and, and what have you, um, what is it mountain biking and cross country, then, you know, certainly uh, you have that, but, but yeah, I mean, Texbra, um, if nothing else, I mean, it certainly served as a, as a central calendar and, um, and that's been a, been a bit difficult finding that information. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like though, I mean, you're certainly making a case that, that we need, uh, some type of state racing association. Um, yeah. So if, if that's the case, what, what can Texas racers do? Are, is there any recourse um, on, on Texbra or, or is there, you know, or as you're saying, you know, Texbra 2.0, you know, what, what can racers do um, or clubs do to, to, I guess, move in that direction if that's the direction that the community wants to go. I mean, racers, you know, racers can make their, their own organization, um, you know, which is, which is what we're talking about, whether we call it, you know, textbook 2.0 or whatever, Um, you know, textbook was founded by, by race promoters initially. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we could do one by the racers, um, you know, we can do one by the promoters. Um, I think that, you know, you touched on something. Um, and that is, you know, the emergence of gravel. Um, I think that, you know, last year, you know, there were, there were a handful of gravel races that, that kind of still occurred. Um, you know, gravel is, gravel is growing gravel is in the bike industry, you know, one of the, one of the, the largest growing segments in the cycling industry, um, are gravel bikes. Um, 
gravel bikes and e-bikes. Those are the two fastest growing. Um, you know, I think that, that there are various organizations. Um, you know, we, we have one up here called Spinstry. Um, they're, they're race promoters and it's, mm. it's one guy who has his company Spinstry and they put on tons of gravel races. I mean, they have one every couple of weeks. And, and again, it goes back to, you know, kind of this guerrilla marketing, like, you know, you, someone will say, Hey man, you know, there's, there's a gravel race this weekend. There's a gravel race this weekend, you know, and you start searching on te- you start searching on uh, Facebook. like, Oh yeah, there it is, man. There's a damn gravel race this weekend. Um, you know, I think that it's going to be up to, it's going to be up to riders. It's going to be up to individuals. Um, the state of the sport on the roadside is in my opinion, fairly dire right now. Um, I think that, you know, um, working with, you know, putting on a road race is, you know, a nightmare um, in terms of, you know, dealing with the various municipalities you have to deal with and law enforcement and, and, you know, road closures and permits and USA cycling, you know, putting on a crit, a parking lot is, you know, fairly simple. Um, but you know, there needs to be, I think a governing organization, um, you know, to, to aid and assist, you know, promoters, um, you know, going forward to, to, to encourage them to put road races on and to put and to have events. Um, you know, gravel is, is pretty easy. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of road closure that you have to, or, you know, it's in speaking with the spinstry guys, it's much simpler, you know, to, to put on a gravel race, uh, or to put on a gravel event. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of the other thing too, that, you know, it's, there's this whole, you know, kind of environment, you know, you go to a bike race and, you know, it's a bunch of guys walking around with their chest puffed out and chips on their shoulder and it's this whole machismo, you know, and, 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 you know, you go to a gravel event, it's just, everybody's cool. And, you know, everybody's in, you know, Hey man, good job, you know? And, and it's just, I don't know, it's much more, it's much more encouraging. It's much more, uh, inclusive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, I just think that, you know, on the roadside, we need to do a better job of, you know, getting away from the attitude and, and, and concentrate and focus on really growing the sport, um, you know, and, and, and see where it can go from there. Yeah. So kind of a long winded answer, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, it, it, it's up to the racers, it's up to the promoters, you know, if they want an organization, which in my mind is, is essential. Um, uh, you know, you, you had an organization that for 25, 20, almost, you know, it was founded in what, 93, 94, Texpro was. Yeah, and, something like that. Yeah, and it, I mean, you know, you had an organization for 23, 24 years was, um, you know, was responsible for kind of doing everything. And then, you know, one day out of the blue, you know, the plug gets pulled. Um, I think that it's, you know, it's hypercritical that, um, you know, for, for the, for the future of the sport, um, 
if, if, you know, on the other side of the coin, if it doesn't happen, I think, you know, will there still be bike races? Yeah, there'll be bike races. You know, is there, is there going to be, is it going to be anything formal? No, I think it's going to be just this kind of ragtag, you know, Hey, there's a race here. Hey, there's a race here, you know, once one or two events a month and, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I am, <clears throat> I am, you know, whenever the pandemic ends, um, whatever happens, I am, I'm not fearful. I am, I am, I'm worried, um, about the future of the sport. I'm worried about the future of the sport in Texas. So I think that, um, you know, if somebody's got to get involved, somebody's got to, somebody's got to organize and get this, you know, kind of, kind of get this thing launched off the ground again and, 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 and get everything lined up. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was a real oh, shame, shame for me. It was a shame for me to, to hear. And I can't say I didn't see some of the, the writing on the wall this, this year, you know, that just because of the way things went and the, the silence, it was like, you know, it's it like you knew something was up, you know, cause, cause it, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, hope, hopefully, um, the community, you know, whether it's everyone or, or, you know, like you said, the promoters or, or the, or the clubs or the racers or, or the combination of everyone. Uh, hopefully there's a, there's a way forward now uh, or in the future, you know, to, to, to get that back together or, or, or start something new. You know, maybe it does need a refresh. I don't know. You know, <laughs> uh, maybe the way things were being done, um, you know, as things become stagnant or, um, or, or become stuck in the mud, you know, or, yeah. or would have, you know, maybe, maybe it was just time that, that things move forward. Um, yeah, I'm sure there, there are different ways to do things, uh, as we've seen with the other stuff. And, and yeah, I do, I agree with you completely in terms of the, uh, I guess the atmosphere too, when you go to races, it's like, yeah, there, there is a, I've talked about this with some of the gra- you know, gravel promoters and cyclocross, um, uh, promoters that you, you go to a cyclocross or, or, or gravel race and the atmosphere is very different, you know, even a crit, you know, and I don't, I don't know if it's because you're, you're in a closer proximity to, to other people and, and you're seeing more of the race, you know, but I don't know. I just get this, or it might just be that I've been racing for so long that I know more people now too, but, um, but it, it's, you know, it, it just seems, you know, more inclusive in, in those environments. But, you know, I know when I was, when I was first starting out, you know, uh, with amateur racing, it was like, you know, I got a road bike and <clears throat> I was like, Oh wow. I can, I can hit, you know, 17 miles an hour. <laughs> and I had read, you know, it was like, I saw something in the newspaper about, you know, the crits down at Memorial park here. And I was like, so I looked up some stuff about crits and, and it was like, Oh, if you can average, you know, it must've been old, old information. Cause it said, if you could average, you know, 18 miles an hour or so, you, you know, you could do a cat five race. And I was like, Oh, I can, I can do 18. And, um, not, you know, not putting together, I'm a, 
I have a degree in math, but I, I didn't put together at that point. I was thinking, uh, they're talking average speed, not cruising yeah. speed. Right, right, right. And uh, I got out there and, you know, puked after a, a lap and, and uh, you know, uh, but, you know, I, can, I went back. But I remember, you know, that first year I got yelled at a lot, you know, by other racers, you yeah. know, um, it, there, there, there were like a couple of people that, you know, encouraged me or invited me out to training rides but for the most part it was like it wasn't very welcoming you know when you when you go out to a road race and you're making mistakes and and you know granted i mean part of that's how you learn you know getting yelled at in the set but you know it some of it was just like i mean it if if you didn't have a thick skin for it you know you know i I can see how people would come and try it and then be like, you know what, screw this, you know, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it's, it's, it, it is a, but it's, it's very different, you know, for gravel or mountain bike or cyclocross. Oh. And I don't know if that's because you're, you're not in a mass group and you're more likely to be kind of spaced out and you know, timed a different way. I don't know why that is, but it, it's, it's just a different mentality. It seems. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, I had not done a mountain bike race in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Got honest truth. Um, I hadn't straddled a mountain bike in 30 years. Um, and two years ago, I decided I needed to do Leadville, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the hardest mountain bike race in the country. So I, I got in and, um, got a mountain bike. And, um, started, you know, again, 2018, just trained my butt off. Um, cause I knew it was going to be, you know, the most brutal epic day of my life, which it was. <clears throat> and I'm standing on the line in Leadville, Colorado at six in the morning and it's 34 degrees in August and I'm freezing and there's 2,500 people there standing there with me shivering and it was the greatest level of camaraderie and esprit de corps that I have ever experienced in anything that had race attached to it. Um, yeah, man, you can, you know, go do the hotter than hell, you know, the, the rally or t-shirt ride as you call them. And, you know, it's, there's, there's a level of camaraderie and, you know, it's, it's more of a club environment. It's more of a club atmosphere mm-hmm. and you have a thousand of your friends, you know, you and your thousand people are out there and you're riding around and, Hey, <laughs> you know, we're averaging 18 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but you know, this was <clears throat> the encouragement. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the two people who run Leadville, um, you know, the, the, the environment that they foster, the environment that they create, the environment that they, you know, really, uh, once set forth, you know, they, they talk about, you know, everyone who does, it's part of the Leadville family. And, and you leave that weekend, you truly feel like you're part of this family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I've gone done in, in, when I've gone and done gravel races, um, gravel races, you know, not just gravel rides, but gravel races. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. There's this, there's this sense of, of camaraderie. There's this sense of encouragement. Um, 
you know, and, and you don't get that at crits, you know, again, everybody at crits is walking around, you know, and they're all, and, and, and I don't know if it's, you know, the fact that people are more packed in, like you said, I think, you know, in my days of racing track, it was actually worse at the track. Um, I was, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've never done a track race. So. Yeah. I, you know, when I was, I was pretty prominently deep into track racing in this state for a number of years. And, and, you know, we, we had, we had our own track up here and, and I remember the first time I went to Houston, um, to go to Alkick and, um, you know, I, I experienced the, the Superdrome bias firsthand, you know, it was just like, I was like, Ooh, you know, I mean, it was just like, I mean, it was like, you know, we were, we were lepers, you know, walking in, uh, to, to a hostile environment. And, and I mean, it was, you know, over time it, it mellowed a little bit, but it was, it was definitely, you know, the, the level of, of tension and anxiety and, 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 you know, the, the machismo, uh, was definitely heightened, um, you know, during track. Um, I, I, and, and again, you know, much closer environment, you know, there's, yeah. you're in the pits, there's no place to go. You're on the track. It's a small track, <laughs> you know, it's, um, but yeah, I found that even more intense than, um, than, than crit racing, yeah. but you know, yeah, I mean, gravel has, gravel seems to be doing it right. Um, and, and, you know, whatever the gravel, uh, promoters are doing and, 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 and the gravel event people are doing, um, man, that's, I, I, th I definitely think that, uh, we can take a, we can take a page out of their playbook and, and, and take a long, hard look at it. Um, you know, you touched on something, you know, the, the, the learning curve when you jump into a bike race is very steep. Um, you know, whether it's a crit or a road race. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, that's the other thing is that, you know, within, you know, road racing, I mean, God, I remember my first crit, I mean, I, my first race I won, um, I won, actually I won my first two races. The first race I ever did was a time trial, <laughs> which is, which is amusing because I suck at time trials, but, um, it was a 10 mile time trial and I was a cat four. I went out and won the damn thing. Um, the second race I won, the second race I did was a road race and I had been training with a bunch of cat ones and twos. And, you know, I, I, I went and did sprint training with them every week for six months. And I was in this big road cat four road race and there were a hundred guys in it. And, you know, the, the got within three or 400 yards of the finish line and field split. And I shot right up the middle. And I won the race. The third race I did was, and yeah, I mean, it was nice. You know, the third race I did was crit. And I went from first to off the back in three, three corners. Um, and, you know, the point in telling you the story is that, you know, when, when you're shot out the back at a crit, I mean, you know, you've got, you know, your life expectancy in that race is about five laps before they pull you. <laughs> and so, you know, kind of the, not really the humiliation, but for lack of a better term, the humiliation factor is like, you know, oh man, I suck. I got shot out the back, you know, I got spit out, um, you know, and, and it's like, you know, what's the motivation for someone to come back and try again? I mean, you have to be wired a certain way. You know, it, it, if you're wired one way, you're like, ah, screw it. You know, this, this is too hard. I, I, man, I don't need this. You know, I'll just go ride my bike or you could be wired like 
I'm accepting this challenge. You know, this is something that, man, okay, I suck this time. Maybe I'll be a little better next time. And, and maybe the third time I'll be even better, you know, and, and maybe that third time I finish with the field or I finish with the pack or I'm able to sit in the whole time. Um, but I think that, you know, as, as people within the sport, um, you know, we need to do a much better job of, of being more inclusive and, and being more uh, encouraging, um, uh, you know, for all racers, not, not, not masters, not juniors, not women, just all racers, you know, to, yeah. to, to keep trying and keep getting involved. And, and, and again, we need to foster that environment. And I mm -hmm. think that's something that, you know, has been, has been missing. That's something that gravel and, and, and other things have picked up on. And that's why I think they're growing in popularity. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something to, to, to look at. Cause you gotta, you gotta keep that, um, gotta keep that pipeline too. You know, that's, sure. you, you gotta have new racers for the races to continue. <laughs> so, you're right. You're right. And to grow. But, um, well, um, well, Mike, I, I, I really appreciate you joining me. Uh, I know we're, we're just about out of time. Are, are there any, um, is there anything coming up that, that you want to plug or, or talk about real quick or. Man, I, I mean, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help out my old buddy, um, and say, you know, Davy Crockett stage race. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I personally will be attending it. Um, you know, just from a, from a self-preservation COVID standpoint, but, you know, I know that, you know, many of my Windsor teammates will be, and, you know, it's, it looks like it's going to be a great event. I know that, um, you know, I think they've already filled out one or two fields, um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of, I mean, well, I mean, there's definitely a lot of pent up demand. I, I yeah, think, and, yeah, and for sure. If we're itching to, to get back out there. So, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a good event. Um, you know, um, you know, they, they do a great job and it's, um, it's two road races this year, um, and a crit and, um, you know, I think Alex and, and his crew, you know, they, they definitely do a decent job, um, getting the thing organized. Um, so, you know, that, I mean, of, of anything I can plug, I, I guess, you know, that's all I know of right now, you know, yeah. and <laughs> that, and, you know, I think there's a gravel race in Oklahoma <laughs> the week before, but you know, I, I just, I, I don't know of anything else. I really don't, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, you know, um, you know, to the listeners of this podcast, you know, train hard, um, be safe, um, obey traffic laws, um, you know, and, and, you know, hopefully eventually bike racing will come back to Texas, um, and, and it'll come back, you know, flourishing. Um, it, it won't be for lack of effort. I promise. Thank you again to Michael for speaking with me. I reached out to TexPro president, Jeff Lucido, and also to USA cycling. Neither replied before publishing this episode. It remains to be seen what all of this means for the 2021 road season. A search of USA Cycling and Bike Reg found only the Crockett Classic stage race as road races go. Hopefully, the landscape will improve if COVID cases subside. But there are still events happening outside of road racing. So let's take a look around the state at what some of those are. Uh, first up is on the gravel side of things. There is the Holland, Texas Classic 
Heartbreaker edition that's going to be hosted on February 20th, 2021 in Holland, Texas. Um, they've got a number of options, race mode or grode mode, um, roughly anywhere from 23 to 68 miles, depending on which option you choose. Uh, you can register for this at bikereg.com. If you're looking for a bike tour, it looks like the, the soonest there's a bike tour kind of scheduled out there is the uh, 2021 Tour de Rouge. Uh, that's May 2nd through May 7th. Uh, you can register again on um, bikereg.com. This is a 528-mile, six-day ride along the Gulf, Gulf Coast from Houston to New Orleans. And then on the mountain bike side of things, there's the Urban Cross Country Marathon at RCP Garland. This takes the place of the Miles of Discomfort uh, Cross Country Marathon, which was canceled. So the Urban Cross Country Marathon will take place on Saturday, January 30th, 2021 in Garland, Texas as well. There's a number of um, categories available to you guys and gals. Uh, they do state here that they have to have a minimum of 60 pre-registered racers um, across the marathon and half marathon categories by the time online registration closes for the event to happen. Um, so check them out also on bikereg.com. Now it's time for Feats of Glory, where awesome ride efforts by Texans or within Texas are recognized. The Feat of Glory for this first week of the new year is not cycling specific, but is close to my heart. My good friend Juan, who had a stroke last month, took his first unassisted steps this week. Way to go, Juan. Keep at it. You know we're all pulling for you. With that, I'll wrap up another episode. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast. You may also like Drop Bar Texas on Facebook. If you have a ride to promote, feet of glory to share, or a question, email dropbartx at gmail.com. Until next time, have fun, enjoy the sun, or just rule five it. <laughs>